mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, um, welcome to Off Air, which is going to be slightly shorter than your usual dollop. Uh, because our guest today was the uh, gender activist and author Gina Martin, who for quite complicated reasons didn't actually make it to the studio. So do we know what the reasons were? I think we're transport related. I think probably public transport related. Although I have to say that you'd be going some to find a location better connected to London's <laughs> public transport system than the place I currently find myself sitting. We're in a hub, Jane, aren't we? We're, we're in a, a transport hub. hub. We're, we're more or less at a railway station. In fact, two. Yeah, so, but sometimes you can't... You, you're not in charge of no, the no, delays no, and no, stuff, no, are you? No, 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 that's so very sadly, true. Uh, Gina Martin couldn't make it, so there's no big interview, but we've got a lot to cover, haven't we? So we'll use this as just a kind of... Uh, well, can we start, actually? A round-up edition. Yes, let's just start with um, the Mel Stride. This is the Britain's Work and Pension Secretary, for those of you listening uh, elsewhere in the world. And Melvin Stride, I'm assuming that is his name, Melvin. I think it's unlike to... It, it won't be Melon, will it? And it won't no, be we'll, Melanie. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll settle on Melvin. Uh, and he is... Uh, it's a good name, that. Mel Stride. Uh, he's in his early 60s. I did check this. And he is Work and Pension Secretary, I think. And he said today that it would be a jolly good idea if some of Britain's economically inactive over 50s got out there and did a job with, for example, um, Deliveroo. Or, the, or an Amazon driver. Or an, yeah, so in other yeah. words plunged into the gig economy and earned a living that way. And of course, there is absolutely nothing wrong with doing so. I would just venture to suggest that it's a bit of a tough call on people in the in the later stages of their working working life. But there was something else as well which you found. This well, business about how um, you should avoid political conversations. What is this? So this was just further to the basic announcement uh, where Stride urged employers to give older workers greater flexibility to attract them back to the workplace and suggested that companies should avoid getting dragged into political debates to make older workers feel at home. And... I just couldn't feel more patronised than when I read that because it's basically saying, you know, don't mention the war. 
Yes. Don't mention anything to do with pronouns, to do with gender, to do with any ism at all. Just don't mention it because the old people won't understand and it'll cause terrible controversy in your workplace. And that's not fair, James. No, it's not it isn't. fair. It's not fair on anybody, is no, it? No, it's, it's making loads and loads of assumptions about yeah. how older people think and how younger people think. And I just thought it was just a really... Just a daft thing to say. Well, do, you were there, was it yesterday, where we had a really interesting conversation in the office? Because we've said before that we are a lot older than the people we work with now. Quite often we are uh, twice the age yeah. of people we but work I'm alongside. I'm really enjoying that aspect of the whole the whole side of, of being here. It's actually really nice. And um, But everybody was talking yesterday, not for you not, about the size of their student loans. And, I, I, you know, I'm not going to break any confidences, but there's some astonishing sums of money. And I know people say, well, it's not really a debt and you need to think of it in another way and blah, blah, blah. And I get all that. But it's just that it really does strike me, and I don't think about it often enough, that those of us who went to university in the 1980s and left with our, in my case, lacklustre degree in English, I've never really, in financial terms, I've never thought about it again. And that was, looking back, an immense privilege. So are you saying that you are valuing the insight into a different generation That's what that I mean. shoves the, your own thoughts yeah, the, around? Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. just makes you reconsider some of... I mean, it, it was... There were some things that were a lot worse in the 1980s, particularly for women. But I definitely think that there are things that we took for granted that are now not available to today's yeah. younger people. But I think like buying a home, that, this, all that stuff. This notion of not talking about things just in case it gets a little bit frisky is really ridiculous because it was always the case in the workplace. When I first started work in my 20s, uh, which was in um, a kind of archive department of the BBC, so first, first kind of proper job, not all the temp jobs I did and stuff, uh, it was uh, run by people who were in their 50s and 60s. There were a whole bunch of us uh, who had either just left university or actually still studying uh, or weren't going to go to university at all. So we were half their age. They had different viewpoints to us, but there was no friction. There wasn't an assumption that they shouldn't talk about anything mm. that that uh, you know that we would want to talk about in case it all went off. So I just don't think that's particularly good advice. No. And also... You know, if you are going to make that assumption about there being an enormous generational divide at the moment, uh, then perhaps say something a little bit more helpful about it, not just, you know, try not to go there because it's really difficult. If it's within your brief to try and get, you know, older people back into the workforce and you see that as being a problem, uh, maybe have a solution to it, mate. Fee was saying earlier that it all just feels a little bit too close to the end of term. It's yeah. very end of term. Yeah, people yeah. will be bringing games in, I think, next week. I'm going to come in my own clothes Are next you? week. Your own clothes? Well, that is yes. unusual. Uh, I'll bring in Kaplunk <laughs> on Monday. And what, what are you bringing in on Tuesday? Well, Mousetrap. I, I might bring in Mousetrap. No, I think I will be bringing in, what was that fantastic one where you had to spin the man in the magnet? Action Man. We didn't have that up north. No, did, no, did you not? No. Oh, someone will be able to tell. So you put the bloke in the middle. Mm. There was a magnetic device and you had to was see it where... a bloke? Yep, it was. And you had to see where his kind of magnetic north took him. Uh, and then you answered a question. I'm pretty sure it was called something to do with action. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll be bringing in all of those and I'll be bringing in some flowers for the teacher 
and then we'll be saying goodbye, clearing out our lockers. Yeah, but not, we should say, we've got two more weeks at work yet. Oh, yeah, damn. we've got, I think we've gone a bit too soon. Something I discovered today is the length of a red panda pregnancy, a mere three months. How do they make them in that time? Uh, well, they, they come are, out quite big. That Well, no, 114 grams these were. Oh. And that's each, and there were two of them because they're oh, twins. Okay. So I th- I'm going to say I think that's on the small side actually tiny i'm so sorry minute but three months i mean i could do that i could feel as though i could do that again just three months of pregnancy nine months is just cruel and it's actually longer than nine months isn't it isn't there another week they tag on at the end and don't tell you about um i think it is longer than nine months Mm. but maybe that's deliberate because otherwise we would all just be popping out too many well yeah okay (laughs) if you say so i think I have put that behind me now. As I say, I've lost the baby weight and I'm moving on with my life. Right. um, We are still enjoying your stories of terrible family holidays uh, because it's great. We don't really... Some people have got the wrong idea and are telling us about good family holidays. No, well, I will be nice and read one of them out, but or at least reference it. But this is from a listener who says that she's been heartened to hear about the nightmare summer family holidays of old. I'm currently reeling at my desk with the apocalyptic rain outside and our recent trip to France with friends, thankfully slowly distancing in my mind. It seemed like a nice idea when we were asked to join a year uh, we were asked to join a year prior to the actual event. I would have accepted an invitation to the moon at that point, so entrenched was I in babydom and wrangling a school-aged child. Key highlights from our week include me driving around a French town for over two hours trying to find parking to no avail, culminating in clipping the wing mirror of another woman's adjacent vehicle, at which point I promptly burst into tears, complained about my husband who'd been ejected from the car together with my elder child to join the other family who had somewhat smugly found parking. The other driver's response to my moment of weakness was simply oh la la i can't actually believe that that's what this french person came up with other highlights include in no particular order traipsing up and down an a road where our villa was located to get anywhere accompanied by said friend chiming how she thought the location was wonderful as we had proximity to the airport booked by her to curtail driving time to and from the airport in order to assuage her car sick children vomiting after a booze fueled evening of wine and my husband nonchalantly bringing me a bit of mouldy bread and visiting a questionable Museum des Océans, a somewhat brutalist building made even more austere in the sodden rain. My husband remarked it was delightful. I then disappeared around dark corners of various maritime paraphernalia to weep. Okay, um, can I, I'm just going to say there are some truly dire attractions, uh, not just in France, although I have memories of aquariums in France on really, really wet days. And there's also a really sad zoo near a holiday location I went to once. Have you been, I mean, in this country, there are some truly terrible museums, aren't there? Which I think often uh, the the kind of the warning exhibit is the very badly done taxidermy exhibit. So we used to go to a, a museum all of the time up Glenesque in Up-where? Scotland. Glenesque. Okay. 
uh, and it featured an awful lot of uh, mannequins wearing kind of old dress, which just looked musty and oh, horrible. It's actually slightly frightening. And just so many stuffed stoats, weasels, yes. eagles, or, you know, all the kind of glassy eye are falling out yes. and raggedy fur, nasty untrimmed claws. So, I mean, ta- taxidermy, taxidermy is an art, isn't well, it? Yeah, but this was like my first taxidermy okay. and it all ended right. up in a museum. <laughs> uh, it was just, I have just actually properly terrifying memories i suppose also because when you're small you're kind of at that height aren't you where you're just looking straight into right. a bear badly stuffed weasel's eye uh taxidermy i've got a feeling we haven't disappeared down that cul-de-sac so if, if anybody knows anything about taxidermy i mean as fee said when you see taxidermy done badly <laughs> you know you know that it's very much a skill that needs to be acquired over i imagine many many years isn't there a place i'm pointing isn't there a place in North London? I'm going to say in Islington. It's on the corner of Upper Street and Cross Street. That's right. And what do they sell there? Well, uh, so it's a shop that has got some extraordinary taxidermy in. I believe right. that the owner uh, may have not had the license for some of the animals in it. It's been a contentious shop oh, for really? a very long okay. time. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the for a while there was a you know polar bear standing on his hind legs. Oh good lord! I mean all kinds of things. It looks like a miniature zoo in there. Uh, but my uh, me and my kids we had to walk past it very very fast always because it is really terrifying. Taxidermy gives me the creeps. I would just say that, and because they're just always well. I mean you you just for obvious reasons you haven't caught the animal dying happy. I mean, they're all really unhappy when they die. And it shows, Jane. Yes, but some, shows. I think some people do have their much-loved pet stuffed, don't they? Could you stuff Dora? <laughs> Listen, when she has a go at me, but she has a particular issue with flip-flops, that animal. If she spots bare feet in flip-flops, that's it. Is she better with Birkenstocks? <laughs> Marginally, yeah. Yeah. but seriously, would you have her stuffed? Uh, no, when her I time wouldn't. has gone. No, I definitely. I don't want to talk about it. But the idea of her time being gone is simply too difficult to contemplate. She's only three. Yeah. Oh, it was her birthday last week. Nobody, oh my nobody word! Noticed. Did you give her a present? No, I didn't even remember until just now. Not even a tiny dreamy. Uh, well, she's on a. She has to have. You can only have. I looked on the packet. Is it twelve dreamies a day maximum? Okay, what happens if you have 13? Well, who knows? She could become even more demonic. She's currently demolishing a, a cheese-flavoured bag of dreamies. Okay, you turn into nightmare Yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, good morning, Fee and Jane. Love you, Pod. Uh, was listening to your email of the family that holiday together, which reminded me of a holiday I had with my in-laws 20 years ago. We all went down to Cornwall, my husband and I, and my one-year-old baby being a first-time mum. I was being over the top with organic this and hummus that. My mother-in-law on our unpacking of food said, I've bought the baby some Tropicana orange juice. (laughs) I replied thinking she would be impressed. Oh, I've bought my juicer and oranges. Anyway, I thought we had a nice day together until we all went to bed in this very old cottage. My in-laws slept down stairs underneath our bedroom and when my husband and I switched the light off through the gaps in the floorboards we heard for the next hour my mother-in-law slagging me off we heard who does she think she is and don't get me started on that bloody dirty juicer with my father-in-law replying oh yes I know from time to time I was upset as I thought we'd had a nice day in the morning I did check the juicer which did have a dirty wire which was given a good clean my husband did speak with his mum who denied the slagging off session to which my husband replied we heard every word anyway we all put it behind us how no you didn't how did you put that behind you and did have a lovely day of the week never use the juicer on said holiday i think you just mean lovely week uh 20 years on both in-laws have passed away but the memory just makes me giggle we did go on more holidays with them which were all lovely Uh, they always paid for them and i learned to let my mum-in-law take the lead and kept my gob shut at the appropriate times well you're a very nice person you are leave you a because mm. I think she comes out of it badly, you come out of it well, uh, and how kind of you to let her take the lead. And I'm very glad, though, that your husband stood up for you and had a word with her. Not always a given. No, not. No. And it is interesting, isn't it? I, I hate to say this, but I do think, generally speaking, the sort of conflict is is between women in those domestic settings. Is that fair? Well, I think there's quite often a territorial thing going down. Is that if you have, I suppose, let's be honest, if you have a heterosexual couple and you have the mum, the mother-in-law. Yes. There's, uh, there's a, there is a set dynamic yeah, there, isn't there? Yeah, and there's a mother-hen thing, isn't there? And you can't mother a mother-hen. But you can also, the daughter-in-law can often forge quite a useful union with her father-in-law. Careful now. No, I didn't mean that. I mean, you know, like an alliance. You, you've got a little bit the young and the restless, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, come on, you must have thought about it. No, I haven't. Right, uh, Juliet, uh, my husband's Australian. His entire family live in Australia, so we don't see them very often. Now, isn't that handy? Our first holiday, <laughs> our first holiday is a whole family, parents-in-law, both 80, two sisters-in-law, one with three children, the other with four, my husband and I and his two boys. We all stayed in the same house, a beautiful place on the Gold Coast. Now, we don't see each other very often, and the sisters wanted to spend as much time with their brother as possible. He's the oldest and very much the golden child. I wasn't so keen to spend my entire holiday with all of them, so that did cause some friction. My husband and I wanted to book trips to the Barrier Reef and another island with a beautiful beach, and he said, well, let's wait to ask everyone else what they want to do. But I refused and booked it anyway. The rest of the family were then so desperate to book it at the same time as us, which did in fact happen and wasn't all that bad. But the main issues were the same as many other people have mentioned. The dreaded dinner time, when we were all together on the veranda and also observing other people's parenting. There was a great deal of tongue-biting and alcohol consumption. Luckily, it was only for ten days, by which time I was done and heartily glad to see the back of them all. Um, Juliet says she totes loves the show. You remind me so much of myself and friends when we get together. I generally listen when I walk Dennis, my Jack Russell. He's not so impressed, if I'm honest, but I'm working on him. Well, try harder, Juliet, because I think we have quite a lot of cats listening, but probably not anywhere near as many Jack Russells as we should have, and everybody counts. Mm. I've always been rather scared of the Jack Russell. They're, 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 they're nippy little they're dogs. They're ankle-biter mm. dogs in my imagination, and actually in my reality, I think. I don't think I've ever been close to a Jack Russell. Have you not? No. Wasn't there an England cricketer called Jack Russell? Quite possibly. Yeah, I think there was. But my memory serves me right. He was a wicketkeeper who also painted. This is intriguing from Diana, who says, Thank you for your book club pod. Uh, I don't know whether to read the book or not. Am I more like Fee or Jane? It's like a thesis, that one. Uh, my suggestion for your next read is Ferdinand Mount's 2020 book, Kiss Myself Goodbye, oh, The Many God. Lives of Aunt Munker. Wait, wait, wait. It's an extraordinary tale and true, although that's hard to believe. If I listed what it includes, you'd be amazed, but then those would be spoilers. But it does include the tragic story of David Dimbleby's lost great love. I know. I inaugurated a book club last year and chose this as our first book. It divided the group. One woman hated it and couldn't finish it, although the rest of us loved it. Uh, well, Diana, our book club choice is coming up right at the end of this podcast edition. Yes, uh, we will do that. Um, we were talking about alcohol and not drinking as a student and how difficult it could be. Um, this correspondent says, my 20-year-old daughter can't drink because of a chronic disease, in her case, chronic pancreatitis. And it was really hard for her to accept this as a student. I'm not at all surprised to hear that. However, her last drink, two vodkas on holiday in Spain, resulted in 10 days in agony in hospital and then an emergency repatriation. I really feel for her because so much of youth culture is focused around drinking and most people don't understand why she doesn't drink and have never heard of her problem. I was equally guilty of that as her father, who died a couple of years ago. Uh, he had the same problem, and I thought he was being OTT. So obsessed was he about never touching a drop of alcohol. We do need more tolerance of people who don't want to, or can't, for whatever reason, drink. By the way, I'm English, but I've lived in France for 24 years, 
and I'm addicted to your podcast. I love it and it really helps in dark times when my daughter hasn't been well. I've also read all of Valerie Perrin's books in French and I love them all. Sorry, Jane. Um, we'll keep you anonymous, as I said. Thank you very much for that um, email. I'm really sorry to hear about your daughter. I hope she's doing okay at the moment. Um, that was the great thing about Valerie Perrin. I, you're right, I, I really couldn't couldn't stand the book but but i totally appreciate that other people loved it and um how kind of you yeah no it's, we'll let valerie know that's me i'm big hearted i can't help it fee <laughs> i hope valerie wasn't listening no that. i actually hope she wasn't she might be a vendetta sort of a friend no she was because you because you were really nice about it and so were lots of other people yeah. i stepped in actually i didn't have to because i genuinely loved it uh hi jane and fee on the subject of jane's inability to burp my partner had the same problem <laughs> His mother believes it to be a spiritual blockage. <laughs> yes, well, I'm going with this. I think it goes without saying that we haven't planned any family holidays together anytime soon after the pet says Sarah. I love the idea that because you can't have a really good fart, you've got some kind of a terrible spiritual blockage. <laughs> oh, Lordy, there might come a day... Where, like, the poor person who ended up in an ambulance being rushed to hospital. Uh, all of your spirituality comes out, Jane. And I don't want to be there, but... Well, actually, you mentioned that, and I'm going to bring in Marion, who says, um, here's a lovely turn around following a listener's story, story about an ambulance rushing her friend, I think friend, to hospital with a suspected emergency, only to find that the ailment was nothing more than a case of trapped wind. We did do that, you're right. Resulting in a fart on the examination table. Fantastic. That alone really tickled me, says Marion. Plus hearing that the listener now thinks of that story whenever she hears an ambulance siren. This is a real bonus for me, as a couple of years ago we had an unsettling medical experience in the family requiring an ambulance, and since then I have flinched whenever one passes, but not this morning. As I was out walking, an ambulance passed with siren blaring, and I too smiled to myself, recalling the fart story. So there we go. That's public service. It is. So, you know, job's done, really, yes. for this week, because yeah. we've, we've helped transform the triggering experience of an ambulance going past. And it's funny that our correspondent said that because I did think exactly the same yesterday as two ambulances just howled past. Uh, I mean, they, they just, they go at such terrifying speed in they London. Do. I really... Yeah. You know, you know, everybody just you just hold your breath, don't you, until they've gone past. Yeah. Uh, but I did, I did think. Mm, I wonder whether it's a fart. <laughs> and obviously, it wouldn't have been. So we have got a new choice. For Hang on, let's do. Should we do a drum roll? Enough. We're not paid to do that. So we've got a new book for our book club number two, and it is. Well, apart from anything else, it's been suggested by I think. Four, I think four or five people have suggested this. The most recent recommendation is from Teresa, who is in Delhi. Um, welcome, Teresa. Lovely to hear from you. Way out there in Delhi. Is that an appropriate thing to say? It is. And the book choice is going to be My Sister, the Serial Killer by Ayinkan Brathwaite. Now, the reason we've picked it is it's a paperback. My voice went croaky. It's a paperback, so you should have no trouble getting hold of it. Um, it's relatively modern, but not this year, I don't think. I think it might be the year before last. It has been uh, sold to us as, uh, as a 
a more slight read than Valerie Perrin. Yeah. Because Valerie Perrin, Freshwater for Flowers, was quite a long read. Yeah. Uh, it was good kind of 300 or so pages, wasn't it? And I think this is a shorter read. It certainly tested me. <laughs> yeah. And I think this book um, has got a great title. There's simply no getting away from that. Superb title. My Sister, the Serial Killer is a cracking title for any book. So um, it is about crime, I'm told. But it doesn't have gore in it because what we'd specifically asked for were recommendations of crime, fiction or a thriller that didn't have lots of gouged female bodies uh, at the beginning and scary stuff in woods. I mean, just don't go into the woods. Don't go into the woods, girls, ever. So a Yinkan Brathwaite, my sister, the serial killer, Get reading. I hope you can find it in a library. If you should, that's you, you really should find be able it. to. Should be yeah. able to. And we're going to give that a good kind of uh, five weeks, actually, aren't we? Because you're not back from your holidays, your final holidays, until the second week in September. So we've got a lot of time to read it. Uh, Teresa does say, uh, I could not be less interested in serial killers, but I loved it. Uh, we did it at my book club here in New Delhi. It's a great read, not gloomy. It's clever. It's unusual. I've been going around recommending it to people who've never even heard of it. So there you go. Well, that is a superb recommendation, yeah. isn't it? Huge it's, thanks to yep. you, Teresa, for bothering to contact us about that. Uh, so we hope that that's a good choice for everybody. And if you don't like it, then we welcome your opinions about it too, because that's the point of book club, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I'm not going to follow my pattern of not liking it. Well, I say pattern. I just didn't like the first one. <laughs> Well, don't prejudge it. You might not like this one either. You don't have to like it. We don't have to take it in turns. I'm just such a maverick. I just might change my mind. Oh, dear. Mm. Uh, I'm going to put you in charge of nibbles. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. It's a bit of a responsibility it's for me. A, I'm not really an organiser. It's a huge responsibility. Well, I don't do that sort of thing. You know that you're the admin person. No, I'm not the admin person, but I am the hospitality person. I'm quite happy to take on hospitality. Uh, okay, we'll swap then. Uh, so I'll do nibbles and I don't know what you can do. We'll find something. Uh, Provide the intellectual heft. Of course. Um, your weekend homework is to make the case for taxidermy, if you're so minded, and get hold of a copy of My Sister, the Serial Killer. I tell you what, on the taxidermy thing, if anyone's got photographs of bad taxidermy, we'll happily take those. Well, they're right up there with bad waxworks, aren't they? Yeah. No, but actually, they are actually funnier, bad taxidermy. <laughs> Okay, good night everybody. Sleep well. (laughs) You did it. Elite listener status for you for getting through another half hour or so of our whimsical ramblings, otherwise known as the hugely successful podcast Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. We miss the modesty class. (laughs) Our Times Radio producer is Rosie Cutler, the podcast executive producer. It's a man, it's Henry Tribe. Yeah, he's an executive. Now, if you want even more, and let's face it, who wouldn't, then stick Times Radio on at three o'clock Monday until Thursday every week, and you can hear our take on the big news stories of the day, as well as a genuine interesting mix of brilliant and entertaining guests on all sorts of subjects. Thank you for bearing with us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com